Thank you for joining us once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Now here's a sample of today's broadcast. I confess, Lord, I did it. I drank it. I snorted it. I shot it. I cursed it. I watched it. Whatever. I slapped it. I put one of my fingers up where I shouldn't have been. I should have let them all down. Lord, I did it. Whatever your did it is. I shouldn't have gone there. I did it. Whatever the end result is, remember sin is an event. It's what happened. It is not you. It does not define you. It's what happened. I did it. Lord, forgive me from it. Cleanse me. Forgive and cleanse. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the rich word of God. From there, Second Timothy, the second chapter, verse 19, 20, and 21. And you got it, say amen. I'll be reading out of the uh, King James Version, and today we'll be using primarily the King James and some New Living Translation. And when applicable, we'll use the Message Bible, and when applicable, we may use the Amplified Bible to help you have a richer understanding of the Word of God. Amen. amen. All right. It says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth and some of honor and some of dishonor if a man therefore purge himself from these if a man therefore purge himself from these if a man therefore woman therefore boy therefore girl therefore grandpa grandma purge themselves from these he she they shall be a vessel unto honor sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Let the church say amen. amen. That's wonderful, isn't it? Uh, let me have my little objects. I had some objects brought with me today just to help bring these things to your, bring it out for you to see. Here comes Connie Kelly. We thank God for her. Oh, thank you. Well, since you're doing all that, you have to stay right there with it then. Praise the Lord. She's going to bring out of her bag some instruments very shortly. Praise the Lord. Let me read that to you, that same verse to you. Those same verses, verses actually verses 20 and 21 out of the Message Bible. Listen to how it reads. It says this. In a well-furnished kitchen, there are not only crystal goblets, and silver platters, but waste cans and compost buckets. Some containers used to serve fine meals, others to take out the garbage. Because the kind of container God, rather, be, become the kind of container God can use to present any and every kind of gift to his guests for their blessing. God said, you have to become that kind of container that God can use to present gifts to his guest. Isn't that wonderful? Yes. 
Let me show you. Let us bring out. Now, you, has anyone ever seen a trash can before? If you have seen a trash can, say amen. amen. All right. Have you seen a composting thing before? If you have seen it, say amen. amen. Okay. We don't want to be those. I want you to notice, going back into King James just for a moment, it says in verse 21, If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor. Isn't that wonderful? If a man or if a person purge himself, now the word purge here means to clean out, to, uh, to clean thoroughly, to cleanse. If you decide to purge or to cut away, to pull away, you will be a vessel of honor. When I say that, I kind of imagine an S on the chest there. Did you see that S, Terry? <laughs> the cape flying in the wind there. A vessel of honor. Meat. Now, the word meat there, M-E-E-T, does, you know, it sounds like M-E-A-T, but we're, the Lord's not saying that we're steak. But meat there actually in the Greek means easy to be used. Isn't that wonderful? Easy to be used, easy to work with. Do you know some people that are not easy to work with, that are not easy to be used? The Lord said, if you purge yourself, if you would cleanse yourself, if you allow the Holy Spirit to do his work in you, and you decide that you're going to step away from these other things, God says, you'll be easy for me to use. So easy for me to use. You will be a vessel of honor. Chest grows a little bit when you say that. In a great house, there are silver platters. That's there in the. There's Connie holding up the silver platter. Silver platter. Remember, we don't want to be a trash can or a compost bin. Don't serve me any food out of the trash. Don't serve me any gifts out of. Is anybody else like that? I don't want any food out of the trash. I don't want any food out of the compost bin. I would prefer my food to be on a silver platter. God said, if you purge yourself, purge your heart from these, you'll be like this. Show them, Banna. <laughs> or the King James says there are silver, there is gold. Or maybe God will use you as a golden platter. No, it is not real gold, but it looks like it. <laughs> Silver or gold. Or possibly out of the Message Bible, there will be, maybe you'll be a crystal goblet that God can use to pour in an anointing and then pour out of you. Pour in, he pours in, and then he tips you over to pour out to someone else. Isn't that wonderful? You can't get these out of the trash. One thing about a trash receptacle, there's only one thing that goes into it. Anybody know what goes into a trash? Trash. Thank you. Let's give Connie a hand. Thank you so much. She did such a good job. 
There's only one thing that goes into a trash receptacle, and that's trash. And if we allow trash to get into us, we will hinder the transformative process. Look at verse 21 again. It says, if a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor. Shall be, shall be, meaning that there is a process of changing. Process of changing. And this process does not depend on the devil, does not depend on angels. It depends on us. On how much we agree or submit to or yield to the power of God's spirit. If you own a now this is not something that takes place just on one day, but this is a day-to-day walk with God. As the Lord raises up his army, because you're the army of God, chosen and selected by Christ to do great works. But he cannot give people a blessing out of the trash. And if we allow trashy people, trashy television, trashy books, all of that stuff to come in, even the cleanest cup can become a trash can. Are you with me? We have to allow ourselves to be purged or clean, cleansed from these. So we can be transformed, transformed from one container to the next to be a vessel of honor, and that is built on a day-to-day on a day-to-day process. So let's talk for a moment about the Spirit of the Lord. Let's, let's talk for a moment about that transformative process. Let's look at verse 19 once again. Are you all still with me today? It says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that names the name of Christ, what? Depart from iniquity. Depart from iniquity. Now that is big. Say big. Depart from iniquity. Now I'm going to show you here today in the word of God that iniquity is not just sin, but it is actually uh, the desires of the heart, evil desires of the heart that will eventually produce sinful actions. Sin is uh, is what happens at the end of it. It is the event. But it all starts with the heart. It all starts with that iniquity. So it says, let everyone that names the name of Christ, let everyone that says that they are Christians. Anybody says that you are a Christian in here? It says, depart from iniquity. Depart from it. Depart from it. Get it out of you. Come away from it. And you will eventually be that vessel of honor. Now, let me give you some examples or some definitions of iniquity, and then we go on further. Iniquity, of course, primarily it denotes not an action, but the character of an action. Not the action, but the character of an action. And it's so distinguished from sin. Now, let's look at Scripture. Let's go to Psalm 32. I want you to see this in the Word of the Lord. Let's go to Psalm 32. Psalm 32. Once you see verse number five, again, iniquity, iniquity uh, denotes not an action, but the character of an action. And we'll see something there in Psalm 32, verse five. Iniquity is uh, depravity, 
It is lawlessness. It, it can be defined as injustice, wickedness, naughtiness, mischief, or fault. And all these begin at the heart, at the heart of an individual. If there was an apple tree growing right here, and if you said, if you said, I don't want to see any more apples on that tree, well, you can do either one or two things. You can grab a basket and pull down all the apples, but next season, what happens? It grows right back. You say, I got them, and then you, next season, it grows right back again. Or we can deal with the very root of the tree. If we deal with the very root of the tree, curse the tree at the roots, then you don't have to worry about the apples anymore. The tree itself will uh, be diminished and go away. And that's what we need to look at as the Lord says, depart from iniquity. But here again in Psalm 32, verse number 5, look at this. It says, uh, the King James Version, I acknowledge my sin unto you, and my iniquity have I not hid. Two separate things. I said, I will confess my transgression unto the Lord, and you forgive the iniquity of my sin. The iniquity of the sin. Now let's go a little bit further. Let's go to Psalm 38, verse 18. Psalm 38, verse 18. Also out of the uh, King James Version. So it says again, you forgive the iniquity of my sin. The iniquity of my sin. That desire, that craving. You know, when you have a craving for something, and if it's on you good enough, I mean, it's really on you, you'll go through hell and high water to get what you want. That's why when um, some have different um, uh, desires or they have different cravings, even for maybe for drugs or alcohol or whatever it is, or there may be some man or some young woman that wants to slip out on a Friday night, they've got a drive, they've got a craving for something, and they will lie, cheat, and steal to get what they want. Can't get anybody to talk to me in here. When something is on you, when there is a spirit that's on you. See, that's why it's good to know, uh, to know who you really are in Christ when you know your default position. You know, that's not me. That's something that has come over me. That's not me. That must be a spirit. That's not me. I'm, I'm not hateful. I don't feel like slapping people most of the time. There's something over me. There's something on me. What is this? This is not of God. Then we can reject it. We can rebuke it. Are you hearing me? When you know what the default position is, who are you in Christ? When we know the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, and the fruit goes on. This is something else that is apart from that. So that's not Jesus. Let me resist that and it'll flee from you. Are you with me? Psalm 38 verse 18 says, For I will declare my iniquity. I will be sorry for my sin. I'll declare I have this desire in me, God, this desire to do something that is wrong. Well, now, why are we saying all this? We're saying this because we have to depart from iniquity. We have to know what it is so that we may be transformed into vessels of honor that the Lord can use. Be vessels of gold and silver. Be crystal goblets that the Lord can pour into and then pour out of. Now, if an earthly chef that works in an earthly kitchen knows better than to 
wash dishes, and then put food on it, and then serve it to the guest. Don't you think that the God of the universe has more sense than that? Are you with me? He's raising up an army, raising up an army of golden vessels, silver vessels, that he can use to change the culture, to change society, us. Are you with me? Now let's take, an, before we got our next scripture, let's take an eternal perspective. Because the Lord dealt with me in this manner. He said that these vessels are not just made for use in time, but they're made to use in eternity. Earth is your temporary assignment. Eternity is your permanent assignment. And whatever state you leave out of this life in, that's the state that you will be in eternity. If you're a trash can, you'll forever be a trash can. But if you're gold and silver, if you've allowed the Lord to purge you and to clean you, then he'll use you that way throughout eternity. Earth is your temporary assignment. This is temporary. 70, 80, 100 years, temporary. Eternity is your permanent assignment. We'll have jobs and duties and things that the Lord is calling us to do throughout eternity. And he uses different vessels for different tasks. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you're going to be a vessel of honor. Vessels of honor that are meat for the master's use, that are easy to use. Easy to use. Isn't that something? Easy to use. All right. Let's look again at um, Psalm 51. Let's, ch let's check this one out. Psalm 51, verse 2. Staying in the Psalms just for a moment. Psalm 51, verse 2. What's iniquity? It's that hidden desire, that evil desire that lurks in the heart. That rather that lurks... Uh, in your flesh, we can say that well as say that, that well too, that way too. It lurks in the flesh. And we'll see that uh, further in the New Testament that the Lord has given us power over these desires. Amen. All right, Psalm 51, verse number two. What does it say? Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Isn't that something? Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity. Clean this heart. The writer also says, Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. Create in me a clean heart. Here again, all this stuff starts from the heart. Murder and, and hating and all that. It starts from within. And when it starts from within, it eventually comes out and defiles. Let's go into the New Testament. Let me show you something in the, in the New Testament. I, I want you to see this as well. As a matter of fact, let us go uh, to uh, Mark, Mark 7. Mark 7. Mark 7. And here in Mark 7, the, uh, the, the Pharisees and Sadducees and the, uh, all the would-be's and canabees came to the disciples and they noticed that they didn't wash their hands before they ate or they didn't observe the customs or the or uh, the teachings uh, you know of the 
of that culture. And the Lord said, hey, y'all got some th stuff mixed up. And he begins to deal with them here. Let's get straight to it. Uh, Mark 7, verse 18. And he says, and he saith unto... Are y'all there? He says, and he saith unto them, are you, talking to his disciples now, are you so without understanding also? Do you not perceive that whatsoever thing uh, from without interest into the man, it cannot defile him because it enters not into his, what? His heart, but into the belly and goes out into the drought, purging all meats. Let me stop there for a second. The stuff on the outside can't defile you, as he said. When we as a body now, I, I am an advocate of people wearing clothes. I am. I am. I like people to wear clothes at Walmart. I like people to wear clothes everywhere. Wear clothes. I don't like to see a bunch of skin. Are you with me? But when uh, some, some of us get judgmental and we say, you know, we point the finger, you Jezebel, you this, you that, look at the way you dress, da-da-da, don't, you don't, and, you know, I've known women to say, don't want my husband to, to come around, you know, because, you know, you may call stuff, but it's not her, she's on the outside. Are you with me? It's not the skin tight this or the this and that. That's on the outside. But if that, that's on the outside, if we allow it to come inside, then we got a problem. When we look, ooh, then what's happening? It's coming in. It's coming in. The download has begun. You know, there can be, um, they... You know, they tell you if you get an email from someone and that you don't, you don't know them, and it says in there, uh, download this file to get this message, don't do it. Because it could be something there that could mess your computer up. Don't do it. If they want you to know, they'll call. Okay? Don't do that. You've just opened the email, but you haven't downloaded it. You see the email walking around in the, in the tight pants or the mini skirt or whatever. You see it, but don't download it. Nope. Nope. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. You're flipping through and you see it, but don't download it. Nope. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? There's a difference between seeing Looking and looking with lust. Looking with the desire to have. Jesus said, that's... Turn to your name and tell him, don't download it. There's a difference. Because if you download it, it's going to go all through your system and mess you up. And it's going to take some deliverance at the altar, some anti-spam, some uh, app killer or whatever to take that stuff out of you. Speaking some techie lingo there. Let's get back into the word. Anybody get anything out of this? 
And so he says here in verse 20, he says, And he said, That which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of men proceed, what? Evil thoughts, adulteries, fornication, murderers, theft, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evils, all these evil things come from where? Within and do what? Defile the man. So when the Lord says here in 2 Timothy, we got to depart from iniquity. He's not just saying stop sin because that, that's, that's not sufficient for you to say, I'm not going to sin this week. 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 Because the more you concentrate on not sinning this week, guess what you do this week? You're going to sin this week. You're just pulling down fruit. I'm going to pull down all these fruits. I'm going to pull down all these apples. I, I will do it, Lord. I will do it. And you work and work. I will do it, Lord. This week, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. But right behind your back, there's another apple growing. And as much as we hate to admit it, there's that desire that's still there. That desire that's still there, that's lurking, that iniquity, that's still there. That's floating. It's still there. And it's going to be there until we depart from it and deal with it. Until we confess that thing before the Lord. Lord, I need your help. Now listen, if so-and-so comes up to you and they stand in your face, they stand this close to your face, and they're cussing and they're fussing, Right there in your face. Remember, it's not the thing that's outside that can defile you. But it's what you do. Are you downloading this? And is it it creating a virus that's making your arm go back? Because you know that's a virus, right? The Lord said uh, they slap one side, boom. If you downloaded that, the other, your hand is going to come back and hit them too. Are you hearing? They're not the problem. The problem is on the inside. The television is not the problem. The problem is on the inside. The miniskirt, the tight pants, the whatever, that's not the problem. The problem is on the inside. The problem is within, not without. If we cleanse within then we can deal with what's on the outside. It's an old proverb that says, if you can conquer the enemy on the inside, then the enemy on the outside can do you no harm. Let me say that again. Once you conquer the enemy on the inside, then the enemy on the outside can do you no harm. The enemy knows how to push your buttons. And where does he push them? He pushes them from without. He knows how to get under your skin. He pushes them from without. Why is that making you so angry? Why are you so upset? You are having such a good day this morning. What has happened? Who has gotten under your skin? What button was pushed that you now act not like Jesus? What has happened? What has pushed you? All that pushing started from without. And then we thought about it. 
We meditated on it. We dwelled on it. And how do you know that if you begin to meditate on somebody doing something wrong to you, it will affect your face? It will affect your posture? Affect your hands? Begin to ball up? Steam come from your ears? If you think that someone has gotten over on you, what are you doing? You're downloading, you're meditating on it, meditating on it, meditating on it. If you meditate on that evil work, it's going to produce an evil action. Are you with me? Let's, let's close out this thing. I don't believe in being before you long. Let's go to 1 John. 1 John, the first chapter. 1 John, the first chapter. Give you a moment to get that. So again, iniquity, you'll find that iniquity is depravity. It is perversity. Someone that is bent to do the opposite of what they are supposed to do. That is that desire. It is injustice. It is wickedness. It is mischief. And in the Old Testament, when iniquity is defined, you'll find that the most common translation is, uh, the most commonly translated word is awan, and, and that means uh, to simply be crooked or perverse. Crooked or perverse or moral uh, distortion, morally distorted. Something is off. Something is off. And that takes place in the heart. In the heart. If you focus your spiritual life on external things, you missed it. The real battle is in your heart. If Jesus gets your heart, he's got all of you. He's got every single bit of you if he has your heart. Say, well, I'll give him my wallet. No, that's not what he wants. I'll give him my card. No, that's not what he wants. He wants your heart. If he has your heart. I wonder, has anybody ever been in love before? I'm going to hold my head down. <laughs> because when you're in love, you're willing to give it all away. Willing to give it all away to obtain that prize. Over almost 20 years ago, I obtained the Sumiko Prize. But that's another story. I will one day, brother, I will. Praise the Lord. 1 John 1, 9. You know this very well. 1 John 1, 9, as we did with iniquity. 1 John 1, 9. So what is iniquity again? It is the desire. It is... It is desire, the desire that produces the sin, the thing that you don't want to happen. If you stop the desire, you'll stop the thing that you don't want to happen. Are you with me? First John 1 John 1.9, very familiar, it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all, what? Unrighteousness. Unrighteousness is also translated, can anybody guess? Iniquity. It can also be translated iniquity. We confess the sin. God forgives us of the sin. But we must also be cleansed from the unrighteousness, from the iniquity. 
I confess, Lord, I did it. I drank it. I snorted it. I shot it. I cursed it. I watched it. Whatever. I slapped it. I put one of my fingers up where I shouldn't have been. I should have left them all down. Lord, I did it. Whatever your did it is. I shouldn't have gone there. I did it. Whatever the end result is. Remember, sin is an event. It's what happened. It is not you. It does not define you. It's what happened. I did it. Lord, forgive me from it. Cleanse me. Forgive and cleanse. Forgive and cleanse. If you only get forgiveness, what are you doing? You're pulling down the fruit. Pulling down the fruit. And next Friday night or whenever, you'll be right back out there. Right back doing it again. When so-and-so comes up to you on your job and they point their finger at your face, you say, ooh, I just, ooh, ooh. It's not them. It's something in you. And the enemy knows as long as you never deal with the iniquity, as long as you never deal with that part, he'll, he'll run you. He'll run you. He'll run you. You go into work that day or go to school that day and you got a word for somebody. Got a word for somebody. And the enemy knows he can see that glow about you. You got that glow. You've got a word from God and you're coming into work. Ooh, I got a word to give somebody. I got, I got a word to give him. I got, I got a word. I, got, I can't wait to give it to him. But the devil says, uh-huh. Uh, Ruth Baker, go over there and talk to him. And you know, Ruth Baker is the one that always, <laughs> and so now Ruth Baker got you all fired up. And now what happened to that word? Oh, you so, oh. He, we've allowed that thing that we didn't deal with to short-circuit that, and the person missed the blessing. We've got to get rid of the iniquity. So forgive us of our, say with me, forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from iniquity. If you don't get the forgiveness and the cleansing, you're simply pulling down fruit, and the cycle will continue to go on. Now, let's look at another one. Then we're going to really close out shortly. Jeremiah, you can turn to or just, just hear me read it. doesn't matter. Jeremiah 14, 20. Jeremiah 14 and 20. I'll give you a second to get that. Jeremiah 14, 20. Or just listen to me read it. It doesn't make a difference because we're really beginning to land the ship. Is anybody getting anything out of this today? <clears throat> Why are we going through all of this? Because God wants us to be what? Vessels of honor. Yes. Right? Vessels of honor. Carrying his power, his presence, his anointing. Remember, if an earthly chef has sense enough to clean a plate first, serve you food with a clean plate, how much does the God of the universe know how to serve an anointing, serve a blessing, serve a word, serve a prophetic utterance, serve what the people need on a clean plate. The food may be great, but if the plate smells, I don't want it. Is it the food smelling or the plate smelling? Right? How many of you ever go into a restaurant and you look at the fork and you could tell it was dirty. Look at the glass. I'm like, what? This is dirty. Here's what I, I don't know what y'all do. 
But what I do when I see that, I say, uh, ma'am, sir, this is dirty. Can you give me another set, please? I don't sit there and eat with it anyway. And no? So the says, no, I don't do that either. I don't, I don't do that either. Anybody who, who would actually send it back? Anybody let me see the hand? Okay, yeah, we would send it back. I, I can't eat with this. It's dirty. Thank you. And let's get back to the word. Jeremiah 14, 20. Uh, 14, verse number 20. You can write it down or just listen. It says, we acknowledge, O Lord, our wickedness and the iniquity of our fathers. For we have sinned against you. Iniquity can be generational. It can flow down through the bloodline. Iniquity. If you say, well, I've got a problem with lust. Check mama, daddy, grandmama. I've got a problem with drinking. Just turn around and look back. Iniquity, that desire for those things can flow through the bloodline. Just like a strong faith, just ask Timothy, whose mother had strong faith and her mother had strong faith, that can travel through the bloodline. When you realize that iniquity has traveled through the bloodline, when, when these desires are not genuinely yours, then we need to ask the Lord to purge me from that. You, we need to renounce that. I renounce that in my life. I renounce the lust. I renounce that desire. I renounce that craving, especially when you see it a couple of generations back. I renounce it. No, I declare no. It has come this far. It will go no further. No, I renounce it in every bit of its work. And I declare that that door is closed it is sealed it has been covered by the blood of Jesus never to be opened again it will no longer haunt the generations it stops with me no more are you hearing or else it will continue to go down the line because iniquity can be generational and as we close Romans 7. Romans 7. I'll read this out of the New Living Translation. I just love the way it reads. Romans 7. Paul personifies our relationship, or rather the relationship of our dual nature, because we are spirit beings, right? We are spirit. I'm a spirit. I live in a body. I possess a soul. I'm a spirit, right? I'm a spirit. I live in this earth suit. If I didn't have this earth suit, I'd just float right out, float right out of here. Right? When you were born again, you became a new creature in Christ. Beautiful. I mean, you beautiful. You really beautiful. Right? But we're still dealing with this. And in this is iniquity. In this has other desires. And you can actually see the two minds in operation. When you want to do something right, ugh, that other mind begins to get active. We can see the dual nature 
of the two. We can see the beauty on the inside and also the beast that works on the outside. And that's actually the title of today's message, the beauty and the beast. Like how I give it to you at the end of the message, you like that? <laughs> Let me read a little bit, then we're going to close out. Romans 7, verse 14 through 25. Listen. 14 says, this is out of the New Living Translation. So the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I evidently do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with, with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death. Thank God! The answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. Chapter 8. So now there is... So now there is no condemnation to those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The, the law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful flesh. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the, so that the just requirements of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Let me bring two things to your attention, then we're going to close out. Are y'all still here? The Bible says that in the body, 
And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us. In the body of Christ, when Jesus died on the cross, God declared an end to sin's control over you. That we no longer follow its dictates. He declared an end. He severed the cord. He declared no from his throne. He declared an end to that control over your life. Now sin does not control you unless you want it to. Are you hearing what we're saying? Romans 6 verse 12, don't turn it. It says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it and lust thereof. Romans 6, 14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law but under grace. Romans 6, 18 says, Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 27 says, But I keep under my body and bring it, unto, bring it into subjection, least by any means when I have preached to others, I myself become a castaway you can control that beast as beautiful as you are you can control that through the power of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit letting him the Holy Spirit mortify the deeds of your flesh when I why are we going through all of this today because God has an assignment for you there's something that he created you to do something powerful something wonderfully anointed something awesome that your eyes have not seen that you've maybe maybe even dreamed about never even thought that was possible for you to do regardless of what side of the tracks you came on regardless of your skin color regardless of your age regardless of your gender God says I have an assignment for you there's something that I want you to do and now he's in the process of preparing you because you are God's army Standing strong in truth, ranked side by side, saluting, and we'll carry the word of God, we'll carry that anointing through this generation. I'm telling you, we're going to change the culture, we're going to change the society through the power of his Holy Spirit, by his precious anointing. We shall be an army that cannot be reckoned with, hallelujah, with undeniable signs and wonders. We're going to wreck this place, turn this place upside down with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, and all he wants us to be are vessels of honor. Meat, useful, easy to use, easy to use. Will you be easy to use in God's hand? How do I get there, Pastor? Deal with the iniquity. How do I do that? The Lord says, come, let us reason together. Let's talk about it. Because he has an anointing that only you can provide, that only you can give out. Only you. He has chosen you for great and precious assignment. Great and precious assignment. And today is the beginning of that. In the name of the Lord, I know by the Spirit that God wants to do great and awesome things. And my assignment here today is very clear.
One, prepare the army. Your man of God and woman of God have taught you very well. And the things that they have installed in you, God said, it's prepared you to this point. Now we have to deal with the iniquity that lies within. And as you deal with that iniquity, God said he's preparing in you vessels of honor. You're moving from the compost. Some are moving, wow, now I'm a trash can. (laughs) Moving from the trash can. Hey, I'm a silver platter. Moving from the silver platter. Hey, I'm a golden platter. Moving from there. I'm a crystal glass, short and stout here. (laughs) I had to do it. When I get all steamed up, hear me shout, tip me over and thank you, praise the Lord. You're in the spirit. I know you're in the spirit. Praise the Lord. How many of you want God to tip you over and pour you out? To a generation of unbelievers. Hallelujah. Well, those of you that are here tonight and those of you that are listening by way of CD, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, we're going to say this short prayer together. And I pray that if you pray this prayer sincerely, the Lord will hear you and he will answer you. So if everybody here, would would you stand with us at this time? And we're going to invite our Savior in our hearts. Because he loves us. And he is not here to condemn us. He's not here to embarrass us. He loves you. He loves you. And he does not want distance to be between you. So, would you repeat with me? Would you pray with me? And just say, Father, I come to you admitting that I have done wrong. I have sinned. And I have fallen short of your glory. But I've heard that you're a loving God and that you will forgive me. So now I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. And I confess Jesus as my master, my Lord, and as my savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Live in me. I accept you. And I thank you for accepting me. Now fill me with your precious spirit. I thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org.